Lafondra looking to get close side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 Reading. Three points Reading. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Elm Park Royals podcast brought to you by Blue Collar Street Food. We are discussing yet another win today. What is what is happening at the moment? The SEL is turning into Fortress SEL. Um and we have two absolute fortresses of people that have come on and was going to discuss them. I don't know why I've called both both fortresses. It seems to work. It's, I'm probably going to listen back and think it was not the right thing to say. But we have got Paul Mann. How are you doing, Paul? I'm good. I'm good, thanks. Uh, and uh, Unbelievable. Who would have thought we'd have 15 points from eight matches? I mean, it that is, good. after the promotion charge is on. <laughs> Get the Premier League on the phone because we will be arriving in the building. I mean, uh, slightly getting excited there, but it's fantastic, isn't it? Live it, live it whilst you've got it right. You know, you've got to enjoy these moments. And joining us as well from the other side of the world, Eric Oregard. How are you doing, Eric? Yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, what better way to finish off a weekend for me um, with three points? Yeah, excellent. And like you just said, you've got to live it while we can. You never know how long it's going to last. We had uh, we've had some spells um, under Steve Clark, famously, um, where it then all kind of falls apart a little bit. So hopefully that won't happen. I mean, all the signs are good, right? So let's enjoy it while we can. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and kind of as we as we came into this game off the back of a four nil a four nil loss in the week to Sheffield United. Maybe some questions around the starting lineup. Who would come in? Who would drop out? We actually had two changes that that actually I think were enforced changes in the end. Fauna and Long came in for Loom and Saar. Um, Paul, when you saw that starting eleven, excited seeing Long and Zhao up together? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I wanted to see how it worked. Um, I was also really disappointed that Loom wasn't playing. Um, I. Here they, I mean, I didn't watch it, but I heard that he didn't play that well at the Sheffield United match. But overall, he's been really good. But then we heard for post-match that he's actually got an injury. Uh, standard RFC, isn't it? New signing, Shock. bang. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, I thought it had a chance. I was worried because when you're coming off at a heavy defeat like that, you want to have all your best players available and you would really like to have Sar and Loom in there. But events proved that, you know, we've done okay. So yeah, I'll take it. One thing I would say as well, kind of, even though Saar dropped out, this kind of back three of Holmes, Hutchinson and McIntyre, you're starting to feel a little bit more assured um, with it now. I mean, Eric, kind of what, what were your thoughts coming into the game, the changes and the way we lined up? Yeah, I think, like you said, it was enforced, right? So coming in, you're, you're first of all thinking exciting to see what Long and Joao might be able to do together. Um, but yeah, at the back, I mean, it's... It's interesting because we seem to keep winning at home. Um, and I, I would say like the the weaker link out of the three or the person that might drop out is Tom McIntyre. Um, but actually, he, he had some moments in the game, actually, where he did look a bit suspect. But uh, as long as we keep winning and as long as we don't keep conceding like we did on Tuesday night, then we should be OK. Yeah. And kind of, well, we certainly got off on probably the best footing 
possible in a game like this. I mean, when when you're coming up against a team with a new manager, everyone talks about the new manager bounce and everything. How good is it when you score after two minutes or not even two minutes? It's in the second minute with Lucas out. I mean, Paul, talk us kind of talk us through it with with starts off as well with Lumley in goal. Yeah, Lumley uh, on a different topic slightly. Another game when he was faultless, I think. Goldie could do nothing to go, and we'll come on to that later. But, yeah, long pass out to Lucas Jow. Bonham decides that he's going to go kamikaze. He's coming out of that box, whatever's going to happen. He's going to take out absolutely nothing because the ball bounces over his head. And you can see in the replay afterwards, him mouthing, I didn't think it bounced that high. It's like, <laughs> you're a goalie, mate. You should, like, be able to predict a football. You know, this is how it works. But... Jow takes it round him, um, gets the shot on target, goal. But Flynn, I mean, what was he doing there? If you're a it Stoke was... fan, you would be raging as much at Flynn as you would be bottom, I think. I mean, they both had shockers, but who cares? We scored. Who cares indeed? And it was almost just like a comedy of errors, really, this goal. I mean, why on earth? Well, if, if, if you're a Stoke fan and you're seeing your keeper complaining to your defender that, oh, I didn't think it would bounce that high. Well, what on earth are you? You're not five foot four like me, for God's sake. Like, come on. Can you please do that voice again, Lansley, more often? <laughs> I quite enjoy that. <laughs> I, it might, there, there might be moments where it comes back, don't worry. <laughs> um, I think it's I interesting, mean, right, because that, that goal is, is the sort of typical goal you could have seen us concede last year. And it's, it's typical of a side that they've just changed their manager, they're low on confidence. And when things go against you, it's that thing, momentum, isn't it? And Two minutes into a game, an away game, Alex Neal's had his first game in midweek and then a second game, first sort of weekend game. You're thinking, right, let's get off to a good start. And they absolutely didn't. And yeah, as a Stoke fan, you'd be absolutely raging. But I could I could see like it was the sort of thing that we could have done last year easily. Uh, but we seem to cut at least some of those things out uh, by one game this season. Hang on. I've just got a noise here for the um, uh, Stoke City defence there. <laughs> Incredible. Paul, Paul Mann bringing the sound effects. We absolutely love that. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think a lot of credit still has to go to Zhao for this goal because finishing it on his weaker foot from pretty much the edge of the 18-yard uh, box, sorry, it's a bloody good finish. Yes, Flint should do better on the line. But I mean, for someone who came in for such criticism or certainly a lot of criticism on social media after Sheffield United, to start a game like that, you couldn't want it better. I think the criticism of Lucas Jowell is just, I didn't get it. I do not understand it. He is a man who scores almost a goal every second game in the championship. He also gets a few assists like today, penalty. He's won himself. He's consistently proven that. If we could look out and say, oh, look, there's a striker we could buy. He's guaranteed to get you a goal every second goal in the championship. He's going to get you some assists as well. He might not run a bit. Would you really care? Because I know I wouldn't. And even the rest of the team think it's a joke. You can see it post-match. So Lucas Jow, we all have opinions. But for me, he has to be in the team. And he has to play as many games as possible. Because he will get us goals. And that is what we need. Goals are more important than running. That's, that's all I say on it. Don't want to sound very Michael Owen here, but goals win games. I had to say it. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think you sounded anything like Michael Owen. Just for what it's worth. <laughs> I'll I'll have to improve the imitation there. It's yeah. <laughs> Similar height though. <laughs> he's still he's still a bit taller, I think. <laughs> 
Um, and kind of after, uh, when 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 you score early, some managers love to, love to bring out the cliche of oh, scoring too early, scoring too soon, because it gives the opposition time to then settle into the game and come back into it. But the rest of the first half, it was a bit of a non-event. It has to be said. I mean, for for, for the for the next fifteen twenty minutes, um, Stoke didn't really do a whole lot. Reading pretty much just sat back. Stoke must have had about I. I reckon about 75% possession for that first 30 minute stretch and nothing really nothing that they were doing came off Reading just looked very solid at the back which is again nice to see from from kind of years gone by but we did then have one chance um, I think it was coming up to about 35 minutes where it's from a corner um, and it drops to Shane Long four yards out would have been brilliant had he have scored but Eric, what are your kind of early thoughts on on Long? Because he's had a couple of chances now, which he's he's squirmed. Was okay today, but I mean that miss was it was quite a bad miss. Yeah, I think we had a bit of a debate on this in the group chat, right? I I thought, yeah, of course he should get an effort on target minimum, um, should probably score. However, the defender slashes at the ball and misses the ball, which means it bounces up on Shane Long's shin, and it's. And, you know, your shins are round. So, yes, he should probably do a bit better, but let's not be too critical. The other thing I would say is on thoughts on Shane Long overall is that he must be horrible to play against for defenders. He's constantly in their faces. And I'm sure, like, um, when Long's around, it affects defenders' kind of fatigue. It affects their concentration. They know they're in a fight when he's in the team. So, yeah, he's not prolific. He definitely hasn't been in the Premier League, right? Um, so... Um, I, I still think he adds a lot to the team and you could see when he came off, he was completely knackered, dead on his feet because of all of his effort. And yeah, if we just had long and we didn't have Joao, you'd probably be a little bit worried because he's not going to get the same amount of goals. But with the two of them together, you have one that's going to hopefully sort of create space for the other by occupying some defenders. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think what was interesting after the match was it had Glenn Murray on Sky talking about the miss and how, you know, he might have seen it coming and he might have scored that one. But Glenn Murray's a better finisher than Shane Long. Uh, that's always been the case, hasn't it? Apart from maybe an 18-month period. Um, I don't think it was... Maybe when you're at the ground, you think, oh, that's a complete and utter sitter. But I think it has come at him a bit quickly. But I'm also aware if George Puskas had missed a chance like that, he'd get absolutely slated. So you can only, you got to be fair. That is a bad miss, I, I think. But I think, as Eric mentioned there, Shane Long gives everything for the team. And that is exactly what we need this season. We need 100% effort in every single match. We probably won't get it because we don't have a big enough squad. But if we're getting these wins after we have defeats, we're going to be fine, aren't we? So basically, bad miss, we move on. That's my thoughts on it. Yeah. And I think probably some of the frustration, certainly at the ground, comes from the old, again, cliche when you're thinking, are we going to come back to through these misses? And 10 minutes later, five minutes later, Stoke have a corner. And it's 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 one of those goals that you just look at and you think when you've been so comfortable in the game and you have a bit of un a uh, bit of misfortune go this way you just look and you just think oh, not again i mean stoke did equalize on 40 minutes um it's a deflected shot 
Yedom, I I almost think it's hit his arm. So it, even if it didn't go in, it might have been a penalty. Um, but Eric, I mean, talk talk us through the goal. Yeah, I think it's it's a long corner into the box, and Aidan Flint, who's six foot five, is up against Holmes. Holmes can't get anywhere near him, unfortunately. But Flint hasn't actually like headed it at goal or anything. He's headed it back into the middle, into an area, and I think Tom McIntyre gets caught slightly on his heels, and a defender just reacts a little bit quicker, and then yeah, the shot strikes Yeardom's arm, which then takes it past Lumley. So, all in all, it's a little bit of lack of concentration, perhaps from T Mac or marking and then it's a little bit of luck because of the bounce right but super frustrating because stoke i actually thought offered pretty much nothing in that first half i didn't really have any clear-cut chances and then they have a half chance from a corner and end up scoring it so super frustrating and a bit undeserved i thought if you give away that first and second contact you're going to be in trouble though aren't you it's not just contact as well it's really strong and i think we haven't really looked that bad defending from set pieces. So it was quite surprising that we looked quite slack there. But I agree with Eric again there that um, T-Mac got to be stronger there. And maybe that's where you want a Nabi Sar, isn't it? Just to get everything out. He's not going to defend absolutely everything, Nabi Sar, but I think maybe he might have done a little bit better there. But we never know. We never know. Yeah, and actually Sar might, Sar might be the one marking aiden flint because he's a lot taller so he might not actually have won that header in the first place and that's the difference right like tom holmes actually played really well today um and i don't think you can really blame him because he's up against somebody who's a whole head taller than him um so yeah a bit of misfortune but nabi sar if he's marking aiden flint i don't think that's even a chance um and we go in one and up i think nabi sar marking anyone really you've not really got much of a chance just given how tall he is i certainly wouldn't have a chance against him but that's not hard um but we then go into half time one one and i'm not it, it, it still seemed quite positive because it not been the worst half it been very kind of like tame the atmosphere in the ground was quite quiet as well. It just been one of those almost 12 o'clock kickoffs on a Sunday. You know, it was just, they're always a bit slower. They're always a bit flatter. Um, but it's 1-1. You're still in the game. You can still come and do something. And in the second half, again, we, we started on the front foot. And after 57 minutes, actually, won a penalty. And Lucas Zhao certainly gets a birthday treat with a second goal. I mean, Paul, take us through it. Uh, first of all, I mentioned the good work from Fauna there to actually get him into it, going past a couple. Nice pass into him. Good touch there from Lucas Jal. Maneuvers the ball, so he's got the contact away. Um, they were saying on Sky that he didn't actually make contact with Lucas Jal there, but it's a penalty. He knows that, Wilmot. As soon as it's given, his head's like, nah. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> actually stupid it, there. It's one yeah. of the things that I hate about commentators when they say, oh, there's not been contact. But, his leg but they, they is... did clarify that as well, though, by saying that actually if he hadn't have moved, he would have made contact. So no, they best. weren't saying it wasn't yeah. a penalty, to be totally clear. They were just adding that kind of caveat to it. No, yeah, I definitely was. And what a penalty, though. I mean, I get slightly nervous when he's taking penalties because he did have an incredibly bad run a couple of seasons ago now. But convincing in the corner, power. Couldn't have hit any better, could he, Eric? Yeah, it's a great penalty. And actually, like you want to give credit to Paul Ince, I think, a little bit, because we did come out at half-time um, in the second half a little bit sort of brighter. So 
whatever he said at half time, I actually think had a positive effect. And uh, it's uh, it's an interesting one with Paul Ince because there was a lot of kind of interesting, differing opinions on Paul Ince last year. But I sort of said before we started recording here, how likable is he becoming? Like he doesn't talk any nonsense. And whatever he's doing, it's working because he's changed our form around. I mean, what what are you thinking, Paul, on Paul Ince? I think he's been really good so far. I can't say anything else but that because not only are we winning games, I think he's shown that he's flexible. And also, like he said afterwards, and I kind of agree with him on this, that it doesn't feel quite as stressful watching us seeing out a game when there's only a one-goal lead now. It's not quite so frantic, he was saying afterwards. He also said because of our gamesmanship. Now, interesting use of word there. Um, uh, utter shithousery, I think you'll find, is what we're looking for. We do it on every single game now. And i got no problem with that because that is part of the game completely. And we look more organised. I think having a player like Hutchinson in there makes a massive difference. I think... Don't Hutch- think he's Hutchinson or Eminem on his new on his new haircut. I don't know if actually I'm not sure if you would have seen it. Actually, no, you would have seen it on the. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, yeah, I have a TV. It works like yeah. that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I have, I have seen it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a good point. Eminem could be, but um, With that kind of hair, you're not problem, but he's not one crowd, of them. Come on. <laughs> did you miss that joke? Then I said, with that kind of hair, you're not going to lose yourself in a crowd, are you? Yeah, so uh, you go on there, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really just, sorry. You're just getting over that. You need you needed another sound effect there, I think, Paul. You needed a little uh, yeah, roll. No, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Eric with the dad jokes there, I love it. Um, but but yeah, no, like I think the gamesmanship is a massive, massive thing. I think with this team at the moment because it's just making it's making Reading a very hard teams play against and a team that not many teams or fans will like to watch because in in the past seeing out games has just been a struggle like i mean game management has been abysmal in the past for two three four years you know it's 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 easy to say that when you're down at the bottom and you know you're more likely to chuck games away but something certainly has has changed i mean yeardom is a master of a cheap foul or get winning a cheap foul um you know ints as well with all of his workload and stuff as well is another one for 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 winning cheap fouls i mean paul you're going to jump in there with something you don't that was definitely a penalty much later on i've got to yeah. say 100 that was i mean we've seen it both me and eric probably better than you did being at the match but hunt wasn't even a debate and then he does a kind of mini stamp on him wasn't he from Klukas, wasn't it, uh, Eric, I think? Yeah, it was Klukas. And then he, yeah, he, it was given as a foul in the end outside the box. It was given as a foul, like, out. as a free kick, which we, yeah. I, I didn't quite understand because, like, the, like, like say, the first contact definitely seemed inside the box. And, it, I, like, I'm not going to lie, I didn't know what he actually gave a foul for in the end. I thought he must have given a foul for the first one. But, again, yeah. it looked inside the box, like, like I mean, say. We, we had issues with the referee all game anyway. Like, he booked Hutchison, rightly, probably, after about two or three minutes. Uh, and then they had numerous fouls. I think the lap, Liam the laps one was naughty. They had Wilmot who had a couple of fouls and no bookings. And then um, Lumley's trying to get the ball back, leaning over the hoardings, and he gets booked for time wasting. So <laughs> I don't know what this referee was on, but he was one of the worst ones we've had for a, for a while. I'd say horrific. That, and that last one, with, got 
the, 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 the last one with Lumley was just baffling. I have to say, we 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 were watching it, and like I think one of one one of one of the guys to the side of me said, "Oh, it's because he's come into the stands," and I was just like, "Well, how else is he supposed to get the ball there anyway?" I mean, oh, it, that that one was infuriating. The Lumley yeah. one, because jo- again, Jeremy he... McEnough actually um, called out Klukas for stamping on um, stamping on our player. Was it Yids? Um, oh, really? Uh, at the end, and Joby said that it was dangerous. He might get punished afterwards, but the ref was right there, and he didn't actually do anything he gave the foul but come on it was it was naughty it was a bit naughty it was it was firstly a penalty so that would have got rid of the stamp but how he's got away with that i find that amazing because you gotta stop people doing these kind of like retaliation things like that i mean i know reading players have definitely done it i'm not going to be naive to that over the years we've seen it loads of times but you can't be stamping in any way slightly on someone you, you, you can't be doing that the referee was dog shit and I Come think Stoke, Stoke were actually quite a dirty team as well, Paul. Like they, they, they were committing a lot of fouls, mm. and I think it was just because of they, they weren't really in the game, and they just resorted to trying to trying to kick us off the park. And luckily, it didn't work, and yeah, we got the win. But they, so that's I good that we can play that type of team, team, Eric, and not lose. Say again, sorry. It's good that we can play that kind of team and actually come out of it with a win, isn't it? Not get bullied yeah. off it. I think it comes back to the players we've signed, right? Like last year, we were famously soft. This year. We've signed players with a physical presence. Loom, Fornau, Long, Saar, Hutchison. Like we, these are not players that get bullied uh, in games. And actually, it's more like we're imposing ourselves on the team. So I think that's pretty clear. It's like a clear strategy from Mark Bowen and Paul Ince and the team that we were we had to add some strength and some steel through the centre of the pitch. And I think that's pretty clear to see from everyone. And, you know, we've got lots and lots of players out injured and we still managed to to get these results, which just shows what a good job everyone's doing. Absolutely. And you kind of touch upon the the Stoke kind of dirtiness, I'll say, through the game. I mean, 15 fouls they committed to our five fouls. Um, so you can certainly see where the game swung on that on, on, on that side of things. But like I say, it's just so nice to not see a team roll over when, when when you're playing a physical team like this because at the end of it reading actually looked the more physical of the teams you know um with with, with kind of their their energy levels by the end um uh, well c- committedness and everything you know like uh, like really they i can't really think of many chances really that they had all through the game and even when it was 2-1 when they're pressing towards the end i mean we probably had the last real chance of the game and that was um uh, a luke Lucas Yao chance, which he could have on another, on another day of tapped in at the far post. But I mean, this move, I absolutely loved watching at the time because I think it comes in from Holmes. Long comes long comes short, flicks it around the corner to, to Holmes. Holmes knocks it into Yeardom and Yeardom tries to put it across to, to Zhao, who, how he's not tapped in at the far post, I don't know. He but, was offside um, though, Matt. Oh, was he? Yeah. <laughs> you can see Damn it on the it. camera after. It was a great <laughs> bit of play, but Lucas Zhao was actually offside. Yeah, so it wouldn't. Have, uh, well, knowing these refs, it probably would have stood. But uh, I was going to yeah, say no, we won't. We 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 we'll just focus on the fact that Zhao was on score and would was onside and would have scored. <laughs> yeah, but it was a beautiful bit of play. You're right, and like yeah. like Yeardon was immense today again, and he's been one of our most consistent players so far this season. Um, yeah. yeah, immense. Yeah, but it's nice. It's nice again seeing the centre backs or the the centre backs having the the freedom to come forward. McIntyre has done it a few times. Holmes now doing it this side. It's just it brings a nice fluidity kind of to the team. And um, 
and yeah, it, it's 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 just nice to to see that towards the end and to see it out like we did. It seems to be that we're switching from either giving away completely quite easy games or the vast majority of the games we're very competitive in. It, it doesn't seem to be one or the other. You know, there's no in between. We're not going to draw many games, I don't think, with this team. It's going to be full yeah, on actually, or nothing. We haven't drawn many games for quite some time, actually. I think the last time we yeah. really had a spell of drawing games was probably under under Bowen when he was last year. Because under Pauno, yeah. again, we didn't really draw well, this, many I games. Don't know, yeah, but the thing is, if we're going to just throw in these wins against teams like we have to beat... We've had Stoke, Cardiff, Millwall, and there's one more, Blackburn as well. But that's fine. You're going to be absolutely yeah. fine, aren't you? Because we all know that we're going to start from a low block. We're going to start counter-attacking in most games. That style is not going to change, probably, because we have the players that can do it. Someone who deserves a, a massive amount of credit has to be Tom Ince. We've talked about his dad on this podcast already, but wow. I mean... His end product is not always the best, and I don't think today it was at his peak, but effort-wise and work for the team and organising and just getting everybody up to a standard of putting effort in, which, you know, it sounds like it should be quite easy, but he is a leader in every single game. It doesn't matter what the score is, he will keep going. And that slide and tackle from him in the 93rd minute, just to knock it out for a throw so they couldn't get into our area. I, for me, that is a thing of beauty. Uh, I love that because it just kills it for them, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. No, it does. And it's 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 just what every fan wants to see. You know, someone busting a gut in the 93rd minute. Because, again, he, he, he came back almost from the halfway line to make this tackle. And it just epitomises everything that's good about this Reading team at the moment. Just the work ethic, the commitment. Because we, we're probably not going to have the quality to beat teams up, up at the top of the table. We know this. I think the fact that we've actually only played, actually, as it stands, it's two teams that are in the top half of the table in Blackpool and Sheffield United so far this season. But we're, but we're beating the teams that are down the bottom, which are the teams that realistically are our fight this season i think you know like as as things stands of course we're we're third in the table as it stands because sheffield united are winning at the moment but are we realistically going to be there come the end of the season unlikely i think most fans if you give them 21st position or you know the points that that will get get us safe this year most fans will take that in a heartbeat but seeing players like tom ince shane long i mean Hen hendrick ran his socks off again today fauna as well yeared them it's just commitment. It's commitment. And it's kind of a Reading team that we've been dying to see for, for quite some years, Eric. Yeah, and actually, like, I, I prefer this style of football to the tappy-tappy stuff that we have from had from other managers in the past few years. Like, I, I'd much rather we were committed and effective and direct than tapping it around, tapping it forwards and backwards and sideways and backwards. So, um, it's it's a personal preference thing. Like some people really like, uh, some fans really like their teams to dominate possessions and dominate games. Of course, in an ideal world, we would. But if you look at the playing squad that we have, we're not going to we're not going to dominate many teams as such. But being direct and effective and being physical, I'd take it all day long. So yeah, credit to to all the players at the moment. It's uh, it's nice to see. Absolutely. And I mean, Eric, I just want to get your opinion on something because we kind of heard what Paul's thoughts were were on it earlier. Obviously. Going back to the Lucas Yao kind of conundrum. And today, birthday boy, bags two goals, fantastic performance. Probably man of the match come the end of the game just because he scored both goals. When is it, do we just, like like Paul said, when is it, do we have to just accept his flaws or his shortcomings? Because at the end of the day, 
whatever way you try and look at it and paint it, we've got a top, top class championship player in Lucas Shaw. Yeah, you've just got to, like Paul says, you've just got to accept the flaws. And actually, like in the second half, he did a fair amount of running. I know that's been the complaint. And I, again, I agree with Paul. I think it's absolute nonsense. Like there's there's a, there's many good players that don't do lots and lots of running up front. Actually, a lot of the strikers are coached to not do too much running because they want their energy to be focused when we have the ball. And when there's a chance in the box, he'll take it. So um, long may it continue. He has to play as many games as possible. We know his injury record. So when he's fit, he's got to be in the team um, because we don't have any other player like him and not, not, not even close in terms of how prolific he is. So he's got to be in the team and we're a worse team when he's not in the side. Yes. Against Sheffield United, he was criticized a lot, but actually we got completely played off the park by Sheffield United. It wasn't down to just Lucas Zhao. And um, yeah, today he's had a couple of chances, a couple of goals. Um, and that's that's all you want, right, from your from your main number nine. Absolutely. And I think the bottom line is, so far, he's played five games. He's, he's averaging a goal every 93 minutes at the moment so far in the Championship. And we know what his record is like in the past anyway under us. So I think it's fair to say that he's going to be a mainstay in the team going forwards. I don't think we really should need to have to say that about Lucas Schell, but yeah, hopefully it just calms everything down today. My only little niggling concern is, is that the Turkish window doesn't shut until next oh, week. Oh, you had to, you had to, but I don't think it'd be off. I don't think our owner wants to sell him and we know I from think previous Bowen as well. Yeah. There's no there's no advantage in selling him. We can't use the money. We're losing one of the best strikers in the championship. Why would we want to do that? Um, I can't see any point in it uh, at all, to be honest. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to bring negativity into the podcast because basically we're amazing. You know, third in the league. That is good going. We're amazing. Third in the league. Up the bloody ding. Um, and kind of coming up for us, we've actually got a clear week, a clear week of training. There's no midweek fixtures uh, coming this week. And our next outing is away to Watford this coming Sunday. We've actually already sold all of our away allocation, which is brilliant to see. It's a good following going to uh, going to Vicarage Road. But Reading a third, Watford at the moment sits sixth as well. They've had a very good start to the season. I think they've still got some very good players as well in the likes of Saar, their Saar, um, Ishmael Saar and um, João Pedro. Um, Eric, what are your thoughts kind of coming into this game? Expectations? Are you going into that game confident? No. <laughs> I know we said not to bring negativity what a, in. But, but, <laughs> what an climax. No, but like Pauline's talked about the fact that Sheffield United had a £20 million striker that they brought off and they brought on another one. Watford is of a similar ilk, right? They have yeah. players that are worth multiple, multiple millions of pounds in their squad. They they've should turned really... down, They've turned down bits of 20, 25, 30 million for the likes of Saar and Petra. Yeah, and if you look at the, like, there's, there's definitely a gulf in, in, in class or quality in the squad. However... Um, we have gone to other places and not expected to do particularly well in the past. You never know. And at least this this team is going to give some fight. I think Sheffield United might have been a one-off because we played the weekend and then we played uh, midweek, whereas we've got a whole week to recover. And hopefully the energy levels can be there and we, we might do something. But I'm, I'm not feeling you know super optimistic. I think to go there and expect uh, to win is a little bit uh, ambitious. But I don't know. Paul, where are you on it? 
probably something similar, to be honest. Um, I think even with a week free, Watford, I've got a lot of quality. Um, I know they drew yesterday with Rotherham one all, so you think, well, maybe if we were to go there and get a point, I think that would be fantastic. Um, I hope I'm totally wrong, but I think we're going to lose that one. I've it's nice to upset people, though, isn't it? It's nice yeah, I, I, you know, I don't want to be that person, but I think most people, even... Paul Ince after the match was saying how, you know, you want to pick up the point, points before you go away to Watford. So even he knows that's going to be really difficult match. But let's hope, as Tom Ince said as well, keep on proving people wrong. And if they do that, it's absolutely great. I mean, just imagine if we go to Watford and win. I mean, Glansley, you, you're just going to be unbelievable. It'd just be insane, <laughs> wouldn't it? Like, you'd be like drumming away like a frenzy. <laughs> the the uh, the flat cap might find a new owner, I think, if, uh, if 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 we did end up winning. But um, but no, like I mean, I kind of echo all of your thoughts to be honest on it, because at the end of the day, is Watford really going to be our battle this year? More than probably not. You know, we are in third at the moment, but like we said, get a survival, get us to that dotted line or above that dotted line, that fifty point kind of marker, and I think most will be happy. Hopefully, we'll be able to pick up a point, but. Yeah, let's just let's just enjoy another fantastic home win that was today. As we said, the SEL almost turning into fortress SEL. Long may it continue. Thank you, everybody, for uh, for listening today. Um, if you have enjoyed it, obviously remember to give us a uh, a like and a uh, five star rating on your podcast type of choice apple or spotify whatever whatever you are listening on and we will all catch you on the next one up the ding